Who dat, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a very special episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. In fact, welcome to the very first episode of our first annual draft extravaganza show. Uh, we are here to bring you, obviously, the latest news surrounding the New Orleans Saints through Fansided and WhoDatDish.com. Thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, I'm Dayton Brown. How's it going, everybody? Who dat? Uh, like Dayton said, we're super thrilled to be bringing you this huge show we've put together. We've got a bunch of guests that we're going to be having on throughout the day. Uh, this is the first episode of a four-part series leading up to the 2018 NFL Draft that will actually be tomorrow night. So, this show wouldn't be incredible without the incredible guests that we always have for you guys. And joining us for the first episode of the day, he's a huge Saints fan and the co-host of the Under the Dome podcast, which actually just had their very own live mock draft yesterday that I was actually part on, so make sure you go check that out, guys. Please, everyone welcome Sean Williams. How's it going, Sean? How are you, dude? Doing good, man. Thank you guys for having me. After we had yeah, a late night last hey delayed reaction I like that uh, <laughs> applause applause is always good anywhere you can get it any time you can get it yeah there you sir. go welcome to the show uh, son yeah I'm I'm happy to be here man uh, hope I didn't keep you up too late last night with our uh, draft of Palooza that we had but uh, it was a fantastic no, show I was really uh, really impressed and pleased with the way that things turned out there you go. And who was the special I, I, guest? I, I, I have to, uh, full disclosure. I did have my finger on the button waiting for you to say Lamar Jackson, and I was going <laughs> to cut off Tyler's feed just like that. That's, Wait, what? <laughs> not, I don't know what happened. Would someone else like to make the choice? <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like we lost Tyler. Yeah, be sure to check out that podcast, guys. It's on YouTube. Just search Under the Dome Podcast. Uh, it's going to be the first result there. First video. I was watching it last night. Fantastic stuff. Who? Yeah, uh, Sean, Who? tell our audience who your guys' special guest was last night. Uh, for the first time, uh, we're coming up on our two-year anniversary, uh, July the 20th. And uh, for the first time since we've been doing this, we were fortunate enough to have an actual active roster member of the New Orleans Saints, uh, cornerback Arthur Mallette. And uh, he joined us for almost an hour and uh, was an excellent yeah. guest. That's awesome. Yeah, no, he, he was he was great on the show as well. And the, yeah, the fact that he took time out of the day, and that's what we yeah. say with all of our guests too, and especially, you know, um, guests like that in that field, taking time out of their day to come onto the podcast, it just shows the uh, compassion and, and, you know, the um, connectivity between – saints fans and, and and football players and just really out of any football player from any fan base that's awesome for somebody to do that so shout out arthur mullet for coming on to that show um yeah your guys show was fantastic tyler how are you man you excited to jump into this uh draft extravaganza <laughs> very good uh we've got great shows say this is our first of many i cannot wait to dive into all the great prospects our favorite guys what we think the saints are gonna do i can't wait man same uh, let's just, let's just jump into it. Uh, um, obviously the New Orleans Saints have the 27th overall selection in the first round tomorrow night, which is crazy that the draft is, it seems like last week we were getting Marshawn Lattimore and Ryan Ramchick in, in, in the first round and, and now we're already on to the next one. Uh, so it's going to be really exciting. Don't have a second round pick. So really got to make number 27 count. Personally for me, I'm still high up on Dallas Godair and Sam Hubbard. I mean, I, I think if both of those guys are available, which 
I, I think both of them will be. I would be totally fine with either of them. I think right now I would have to say those are my top two choices. Obviously, I think today listening to other people talk about the prospects as well one-on-one might change my mind a little bit as to who I have on the top of my list. But if I'm going top two, I'm going Sam Hubbard, Dallas Goder. Sean, what are your thoughts on, on 27? What are the Saints, uh, or, or I guess what should their focus be prospect-wise, individually, and also position-wise? Who, who, who should they go after? Well, I think that you hit on something really important uh, in terms of the positions to address. The the Saints are in a unique position as compared to the past uh, four or five drafts. They're no longer trying to get off the schneid, so to speak, and uh, break that repetitive seven and nine season that they had going for so long. They're trying to take that next step and uh, move into the elite category and get to the NFC Championship and and compete in that and get uh, make that step that next step up to the Super Bowl and uh, that gives them a little bit of leeway. Uh, I, I think that the defense a year ago shocked everyone except uh, maybe those guys that were wearing the, the black and the gold. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, they surprised everyone. Now, I, I think it, it's very uh, appropriate to mention that of the 16 games on the schedule next year, the Saints will be playing half of those games against teams that were in the playoffs this season. So uh, the bar has been raised. Uh, that's not to say that, that they can't handle the pressure of that, but uh, they're going to have to step their game up. Uh, obviously, the addition of Alvin Kamara and Marshawn Lattimore, those guys made uh, incredible impacts. Uh, the offensive and defensive rookies of the year uh, on one team Uh I think it would be fair and safe to say that there were some people on our schedule last year that weren't prepared for the Camara or the Lattimore uh, effect, so to speak. Um, I don't think you're going to sneak up on anyone next year. So everybody, uh, everybody that's on the schedule for next season, they're watching game film right now. And the only thing that they are focusing on is what to do to prevent – Alvin Kamara from being what he was a year ago and uh, ways of isolating and eliminating uh, Lattimore from defensive schemes. So, you know, all of that to say this, uh, I think that probably to help that young secondary that turned things, I I think it's, it's my opinion anyway, that that secondary was, uh, predominantly responsible for the turnaround on that defense. Uh, that's not to discount what the, the defensive line and the, the linebackers and, and what all they did and what they accomplished and how well they played. That does I, I'm not trying to diminish that at all, but if you don't have that support on the back end, the front end doesn't really make a whole lot of difference. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I do think, uh, once again, that a focal point needs to be a bookend for Cam Jordan. Uh, you mentioned Hubbard, and, and I think that would be an excellent uh, addition to this team. Um, and the the tight end position, uh, the acquisition of Ben Watson has 
possibly uh, taken a bit of the the top end of that uh, glaring need mm-hmm. off of the board for mm-hmm. for the for the immediate future, and by that I mean maybe a draft. Right. Um, but somewhere down along the line, tight end in this offense, tight end is far too important to uh, just throw someone out there and hope they do okay. Um, you you look back over the the seasons since Peyton has been there, and he's had Shockey, who was injured a lot but was an impact player. And then along came Jimmy Graham, and, and then you had that one season uh, that Ben Watson played so well. Uh, well, since uh, since we lost Watson to, to free agency, there really hasn't been that standout player at that position for the Saints. Uh-huh. And uh, the offense has suffered for it. Uh, the two things in my mind that this that hurt the Saints the most in their uh, their game planning last year was ineffectiveness on uh, third down, and you can say that on both sides of the ball, the inability to con- to move the chains and the in- inability to prevent the other team from doing it. Uh, we we found a way to get through that most of the time, uh, thanks to in large part to Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram doing what they did, but w- the Saints need to address uh, third down efficiency in this draft. I, I, that would be my uh, top priority. I th- I think you hit it right on the head when you said the mentality of of the saints in the war room tonight is going to be so, or tomorrow night is going to be so much different than it was last year. Uh they have a target on their back now when they were, you know, one play away from the NFC Championship game last year as opposed to three straight 7 and 9 seasons. So, uh obviously Sean Payton and the Saints front office prefer to be kind of more under the radar as they were. I think that helped out with their success the season ago. I I just think that they really enjoy not having the national news, hyping them up too much. Uh, they, they, they like to be the underdog, so to speak. You know, people not really expecting them to do a whole lot. Uh, so now it's, it's, it's a little bit different, and, and they really have to approach it differently. So I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Tyler, I know we've been talking about the draft a little bit. You obviously yeah. – first first off, tell the audience who you picked last night in the mock draft because you did – you were the honorary selection for the Saints. Uh, yeah. And then also – who else do you like there? What 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 positions are, are you liking there? Do you agree with what Sean had to say? Oh, uh, I always got to give credit to my boy, Sean. You know, Sean, uh, we both, I think, almost 100% completely agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, uh, like you, Dayton said, you hit it on the nail. The Saints team, we're here. You know, we're present. We're finally one of those teams that the NFL could take notice and say, look, this is a good team. You know, we were one play away from the championship. Who would have known? How that would have went, you know, maybe we would, have, we would have spanked the Eagles. That would have been nice to see. But, um, oh, yeah, for the draft, uh, I took Mike Jazicki, tight end out of uh, Penn State. He was available. The other guys that were available at the time, Lamar Jackson was, Sam Hubbard was. I almost took Lamar Jackson just for uh, just to throw a little uh, spice in the ramen. But um, uh, I didn't because <laughs> I think Sean's head would have fallen off. But, um <laughs> you know, I, I've uh, I've made certain disparaging comments about Lamar Jackson. I I just want to uh, to put this out there: Lamar Jackson is an incredible athlete. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, 
do I think that he could not ever possibly be successful in the NFL? No, absolutely. I do not feel that way. He could absolutely uh, have a long career. Do I think that it's going to require a little bit of flexibility out of him? Um, I, 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 the point that I tried to make to all these people that was that I'm not saying Lamar Jackson couldn't play quarterback in the NFL, mm-hmm. but Lamar Jackson will not play that Louisville quarterback role in the National mm-hmm. Football League. Right. Uh, and and mm-hmm. I, I catch a lot of heat for the way that I explain that, but it, it, offenses grow and they change with the times. Uh, some things come and go, and generally it's uh, it's it what you saw 30 years ago comes back into focus. Well, the role of the quarterback in the National Football League, for many reasons, is just about always going to be that of a drop-back passer. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the, the biggest reason for that is you're handing the keys of your franchise to a player, and how can you endanger that investment? Your yeah. quarterback is the highest-paid player on that field, and you want him running against... 11 of the very best in the world at what they do that have absolutely no desire in the world bigger than to break his neck. Uh, you know, you can't risk an investment like that. Uh, so, I mean, and, and I've said this for years, you saw the same thing in San Francisco after they made their last Super Bowl with Kaepernick. Uh, he ran all over the field and, and he accomplished everything that he did. Well, then uh, the offseason rolls around. He demands this uh, franchise player quarterback pay. And when when the season starts again, they don't want him running the ball because they had to pay him a fortune. And then they don't want to uh, be in a position where they have to pay that fortune. To They're willing to pay that player that, but... You know they're they're not so willing to pay that player that if he's sitting on the bench in a full body cast. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, um, I was gonna say, you know, I guess uh, as mentioned earlier, what we said about the prospects we uh, we like, you know, we can discuss about this because you know there are a lot of different ways the Saints can go. I guess my guys right now, if if the Saints somehow did end up taking a quarterback, my guy would be Baker Mayfield, of course. Um, as far as some of the other prospects go, uh, for a, a defensive end, I do like Sam Hubbard. I like Harold Landry a lot, too. I know in a Sean's a mock draft last night, he almost fell to the Saints. That would have been my pick if it weren't for uh, him going to the Titans. But um, some of the other guys I like, Rashad Evans, I think he could really help our linebacker squad even more. Uh, I'm not opposed to taking some secondary picks, you know, cornerback or safety. That can always help wide receiver. I know a lot of people love Calvin Ridley. I do too. You know, Christian Kirk, Cortland Sun. I know you're high on Dayton, but yeah. um, I think there are a lot of different ways we could go in this draft. And I guess let's talk about it. What do we think? How do we think the Saints are gonna go? You know, do we think they stick there? You know, they could even trade down. They could trade up to get somebody. You know, they don't have a ton of picks, but they could even do that. What do we think? You know. Let's hear it. Personally, I, to be on, go ahead. Oh, Sean. go ahead, Dave. Oh no, you're you're, you're uh, the guest. Go ahead, man. <laughs> to be <laughs> honest, uh, and I I made this point last night. I've I've never seen uh, a Saints draft in recent memory where it was so hard to 
to venture a guess as to what they might do because there's not that overwhelming uh, glaring need on the on the draft board uh, last year we got to have an edge rusher we got to have an edge rusher and uh, we took a cornerback um, but I mean we needed that as well and obviously that worked out pretty well too uh, but you know we're not in such a dire need mode approaching mm-hmm. this draft as we are the pieces to to put us over the top so to speak yeah I, I yeah, I'm totally I with you that uh, that's almost kind of a um uh, it's a blessing and a curse to me obviously a blessing because it's it's always good to not go into a draft with a huge glaring need uh it, it means that your team the the roster currently is in fairly good shape and uh, uh you're you're part of a good team at the same time though uh who who knows what kind of injury can happen in training camp who knows who knows right. who knows what could happen uh, so the the twenty seventh spot it might even become even more important because now you have to decide: Do I take the best player available, even though I have good guys at that position, or am I going to be actually taking someone that I kind of had a need for? I, I think in this draft, it's definitely uh, edge rusher, tight end, uh, throw in maybe maybe wide receiver, and of course offensive line. Um, or yeah, so so really, you got two options now for the Saints: best player available, or or somewhat of a, uh, and it's not even a huge need is the thing. So um, it, it, it's going to be really difficult, I think, for the war room tonight to decide whether they want BPA because a guy like I, I've been seeing a guy like Marcus Davenport be available at twenty seven in some of these simulated mock drafts. If he's available at twenty seven, we have to swoop up on that guy. He, I think he's a top yeah. ten talent in this draft somehow through some of these simulators he's fallen to 27 i don't know if it's a glitch or something i think that he is one of the most talented guys in this draft if he falls to us we got to take him same with guys like uh, uh billy price or, or frank ragno i think that they kind of actually have second round grades on them but i do think that we need some offensive line help especially with senio calamente being out um so, so if a i know me too man uh, i'm glad he got <laughs> his starter money though over down in uh, houston so shout out to him um but to answer your question about trading up or down, I think the Saints are going to stay put. Uh, if anything, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually trade up, a la what we did to get Brandon Cooks um, in 2014. That would be really interesting, yeah. but I think Mickey Loomis is going to stay put. Um, hopefully try to move into the second round, but I, I'd be totally fine with the eight current draft picks that we have. I do think that we have them kind of spread out a little bit, uh, which is good until you start getting into the five, six, and seven rounds. Those are all kind of clumped up together, which is also yeah. kind of a good thing. At that point, I think that we then start taking BPA maybe or even then addressing our needs still with better prospects. Uh, we get better value that way. So hopefully we stay put. Eight draft picks is quite a few, and I enjoy that. Um, and I hope we stay at 27 and pick a guy like, uh, like I said, Sam Hubbard, Dallas Godaire, Marcus Davenport if he's available. Uh, I, I would enjoy a wide receiver there as well. DJ Moore out of Maryland. Cortland Sutton, like you said, out of uh, uh, SMU. So yep. we'll, we'll see what happens. Also, sleeper pick uh, later on, maybe maybe our fifth-round pick, Trey Quinn, another wide receiver out of SMU. I really like okay. him a lot. He actually uh, played at uh, LSU for a little bit, transferred to SMU, had uh, 1,200 receiving yards last year. So I, I, I really like him coming out of college. That's just a, um, a little sleeper prospect for me in the fifth round. <laughs> That's pretty good. You know, 1,200 yards? Jeez. Yeah, wow. yeah, he, he was balling out. That Also, SMU is a great offense as well, um, yeah. obviously. So, but uh, do you... What... I'm, I'm really interested to see 
what that coach is going to do at a program like Arkansas. Right. Agreed. Yeah. yeah uh, but that's that's think? another podcast for another time. <laughs> yeah. It's another Good great conversation. There. Yeah. What do you think, though, Sean? Uh, what's your opinion on the Saints moving up versus moving down, staying put? Uh, maybe do you see the Saints moving up if a player were to slide? I know uh, we talked about that a, a little bit last night. If a couple of players were to fall, you know, do the Saints pull the trigger? You know, because they can be really aggressive at times when it comes to getting a player they want. But uh, what do you think about I that? Would, I think that it would just depend on the a the need and b the player. Um, it, it's going to have to be someone that that Peyton obviously would uh, would feel very very strongly about um as he did brandon cooks uh but to be honest with you i don't with the exception of one name uh i don't see that type player on this on these uh in this draft mm-hmm. uh, now there there is one player uh should the situation arise and the opportunity prevent present itself uh i could see Peyton possibly rolling the dice and uh, picking up the phone to see uh, what he might be able to work out to, go, and that would be Baker Mayfield. Now, yeah, I before agree. I get angry emails and uh, <laughs> people threatening to burn my house, um, I'm not saying that Baker Mayfield is target number one going into this draft uh, in no way, uh, but the situation could arise where, you know. This player's taking that, and Baker slips down that board beyond Denver, beyond Buffalo, uh, beyond those teams that uh, that are really shopping hard for quarterbacks. And you know, with the off the, off the field baggage, that's entirely possible. And uh, it's well documented that uh, Peyton loves the guy, <laughs> a- as do I. Uh, but to be completely, to be brutally honest. Baker Mayfield and the guy we were speaking of uh, a little while ago, Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two, pl- and you could say this about any quarterback, but I'm going to say it uh, even more so about these two guys. They can be a success in this league, but they're going to have to be paired with the right coach. Yeah, I and agree. and I, I will say this about both of those guys: there's maybe three to five coaches in this entire league that could take them and make them into superstars. And uh, Sean McVay for the uh, the Rams is one. Uh, the guy in San Francisco that used to uh, be the OC at Atlanta. Uh, Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan. Why yep. was I thinking Schottenheimer? That was a... Uh, <laughs> you got that's, another, that's another father-son <laughs> that was, duo, though. Well, that, that was a, a whole generation ago. Yeah. I'm showing my age. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> but Sean Payton is right along with it. Uh, you're you're not going to have either of those guys picked, for example, by a defensive-minded coach and ever have them succeed because you're going to have to best utilize them by working to their strengths and avoiding their weaknesses and defensive coaches don't seem to have the patience to do that with offensive players, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, and I think it all comes down to right now is that I, I think you hit, again, on the nail, man. Uh, Sean, you're like a, 
I keep on rolling with these hot takes. You keep on nailing them too, you know. And um, I, I think you know the Saints are are an aggressive team right now, especially when it comes to like things like the draft, you know, when they have the opportunities to really change their roster for the better. I mean, look what they did last year. No team since the Detroit Lions forever ago had the uh, offensive and defensive rookie of the year, you know. And I think this year, I think like you said, it comes down to who falls, how the board plays out, because obviously, you know, there are millions of combinations of what could happen in the first round. You know, this isn't even including uh, trades. You know, we don't know who's going to trade up, who's going to trade down. But all in all, I think if the Saints address the positions of need, the positions they're looking to fill uh, going into next season, I think hopefully they should be fine. You know, I think uh, if, uh, last year was any indication on how the Saints are doing when it comes to the draft. I think they're doing pretty good, you know. But uh, yeah. what about to, you, Dan? What say you? What yeah. positions should we address, you know? Well, to go back on what Sean was saying about, uh, or yeah. I guess what both of you guys are saying about Baker Mayfield, if he's available at 27, like I said with Marcus Davenport, I uh, take Baker Mayfield. Uh, I'm running up to the podium for Baker. I, I, yeah, me too. Yeah, please, please make me announce the pick. Uh, I think that he is very talented now. The, the off-the-field issues he's had, per- personally to me, I think that the behavior he's shown on the field um, with, with you know, grabbing his crotch against Kansas, uh, the flag against Ohio State, personally to me, I don't care. I like, I like my fiery football players. Uh, it's the most physical sport in the world, at least it should be, and it used to be. I don't know if it is anymore um, with all the rule changes and whatnot. But it's supposed to be the most intense, most physical sport in, in the world. And I want my guys to be fire, fired up half the time. I mean, I mean, at least half the time. Quarterback, he, he's... Baker Mayfield is a leader. He's proven that on the field. Uh, and, you know, he uses personality. We've seen Tom Brady. We've seen Cam Newton do it. They've both had success in the NFL as well. Um, so, and, and, and again, I don't really, I, I don't... His whole arrest thing and running away from the police, that was very stupid. But, again, he was younger. It's not like it happened, like, two weeks before the draft or anything. This was two to three years ago. Uh, so, if Baker Mayfield is there, absolutely take him. I think that he is a generational, talented quarterback. About the same size as Drew Brees as well. And, and again, with what Sean was saying about Sean Payton, I think it, Drew Brees' development in New Orleans is is very, very underrated. Uh, or, or, excuse me, Sean Payton's impact for Drew Brees' development is very underrated uh, in New Orleans. Uh, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say too much. I want to save some stuff for, for later episodes. But, man, mm-hmm. if we get Baker Mayfield there or, or Lamar Jackson at 27, I, I personally, I'd be very happy. I think that both of those guys are generational talents. And I was, I was going to say, too, you know, go off what you said there, Dan. Um, I think it all depends on – you know, when the Saints want to address certain positions, you know, obviously, you know, Drew Brees is at the end of his career. You know, uh, Saints fans especially keep on mentioning how, you know, eventually somebody's going to have to be taken, especially for those who don't believe in the legacy of Taysom Hill. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I was going to say like that. that. I think it's just, you know, I think even later in the draft, you know, the, the Saints could even maybe take a look at a quarterback. You know, if if anyone were to develop a quarterback uh, with, with the right fundamentals, with the right abilities, with the uh, right God-given talent, you know, uh, to produce the next starter in New Orleans, I think it would be Sean Payton. You know, I think that just comes down to, though, 
what needs we have because I don't see the quarterback position as the biggest need right now. I've got other, you know, wide receiver, tight end, offensive line, defensive end, etc. I, I think it's down to when, when I'm willing to. Uh, when are willing the Saints are willing to pull the trigger, and if so, quarterback in his turn. Yeah, I think that's just my two sons. Um, they, they met with a few different quarterbacks, and a lot of them are projected to go later on in the draft. Luke Folk uh, is is one of them out of Washington State, kind of a kind of a local guy near me, which is cool that they met with. Him. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I don't think quarterback is glaring need now. I I do think Breeze will be gone once his contract is up for sure. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be returning. So, do we, you know, take a chance and wait until next draft or next free agency or even the year after that when Breeze is officially gone to get a, a replacement for him? Or do we take that chance right now? I'm not sure what we do. Um, I think you take one this year. I, I just okay. hope we don't take one the first round. Yeah. You know, because uh, 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 analysts and scouts are always saying, you know, because you can sometimes, you know, like hit the nail on a quarterback in any round. Look at uh, Dak Prescott. I think he was like a fourth-round quarterback. Look at Tom Brady. He was a sixth-round quarterback. I think you take a quarterback late. You know, I think you get the positions that you need to draft first. You know, Ooh. and I think you... So if you had to pick one, I'd say... Uh, the hell with you, you know, take the quarterback, see how it works out. You know? and, <laughs> but uh, I think right now, I think it just comes down to seeing what's available and seeing if it's worth taking. You know, because the draft, it, if anything, it's the Saints. And have a good time taking players that they know are confident in proving their roster. Yeah. I mentioned right now, Dayton, uh, I, I bet you strong my time. Um, should we, you know, the teams right now in the NFL, they're feeling these Sorry, Tyler. Sorry about that, guys. You're, you're, you're all right. You're fine. It's okay. You have me laughing over here. But um, the question I want to get asked, are the Saints one of the teams that take a position that they don't exactly need or a position that they need over best player available? Let's say they have a defensive end uh, that they really like, but you have a position, let's say, for uh, for example, last, case, last year's scenario, you have a really good cornerback who falls. What do you do? What do you what do you guys think the Saints are going to do? That's well, what or position need. I think that, it, again, uh, it's probably directly dependent on exactly what that position is and how, how great the need is. Right. I agree. I think we got lucky last year, actually, with Marshawn Lattimore because... We got super lucky. Next to Edge Rusher, cornerback was our biggest need. And at the same time, at that 11 spot, Marshall Lattimore was clearly the best prospect right there. 
So we, we pretty much hit two birds with one stone right there at that draft. I think something similar could happen again. Again, if, if, if like, uh, Marcus Davenport is there, he at that time he's going to be the best player available, and he's going to be uh, filling a need for us. Uh, same with I. Baker Mayfield is just, just because of the amount of attention he's gotten and, and the, the potential for him. I think that he's he would also fall under that category. Obviously, not not a huge huge glaring need for us, but I do think he'd be BPA at that point, and he would fill mm-hmm. in somewhat of a need for us. So I do think that there's a possibility, like last year, to hit two birds with one stone. Um, I agree. Harold Landry, I think, would also be an, another guy uh, there that would be interesting. Same with uh, even even like a Hayden Hurst out of Arkansas. I don't know if he's a first round pick. I like him in later yeah, rounds. That's the thing. But... Well, he's projected to be the first tight end to go. I don't know if. Oh. Tennessee or, or, or somebody up there could actually pick him before us. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if we see a tight end, maybe even two. Mark Andrews is kind of climbing up boards. Godair, that's what I want. I, I would love Dallas Godair. I think that he he's the perfect tight end for this offense. Three-level player, great hands, massive production in college, six foot five. He, he, he's a big guy. I, I think that he'd be perfect for us. Um, Let's jump into uh, – first of all, before we jump into the last segment, which is pretty much yep. us doing a little mini mock draft simulator, anything else you guys want to say about prospects at 27? Mm-hmm. Anybody else you guys like that you want to say before we move on? No, I'm good. Right. Uh, yep. I think that uh, when you looking at the looking at a draft, the most important thing that you, you have to remember is – or what – what for me, what determines whether a guy's a uh, quote unquote first round grade or not? When you invest a first round draft pick in a player, you're you're investing money, obviously, but you're investing a decade of your franchise into this player. Right. Uh, that that's what you expect from a first round draft pick. And I look in, I excuse me, I look at these names uh, on these draft boards and. There's some that could, but that that group of players that just jump out at you and say, "Yeah, that that's a that's a decade long career, no matter where he goes." Uh, they're few. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know there are a lot of players actually this year. It's funny that are actually I wouldn't say controversial, but but you know on the fence about first round grades. You know, and the funny part is about this year. The one time the Saints actually don't have a, a second-round pick is actually the draft where a lot of players, like the meat of this draft class is actually around the late first round, second round, you know, in between that area. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how uh, how the Saints approach this, you know, and if they do end up trading down, trading up to get a second-round pick. I think it's going to be fun. But... With that being said, though, with the help of the NFL Mock Draft Simulator website, I found the internet. I just want to thank them. Fanspeak.com. Oh, we thought it would be fun to add a little spice, a little something extra to this podcast by doing a mock draft for the Saints at 27. So I already have it pulled up here. Uh, Sean, what we'll do is we'll read. Uh, we'll let Sean ultimately have, you know, as he is the guest, the final say. But I think it would be cool to get everyone's opinion on if we were in this scenario, if we were the New Orleans Saints drafting, um, what we'd like to do. And a quick note, too. I read on Twitter that um, the Saints are going to have an extra uh, empty chair for the late Tom Benson in the uh, boardroom. So uh, rest in peace to you, Mr. Benson. You know, the show is dedicated to you. But um, 
So uh, the Saints are on the clock right now at 27. So, Sean, Dan, I'll read you guys the prospects that are available. Just going through the positions. I guess we'll discuss um, what we think the Saints should do. So starting off at quarterback. Uh, all the main quarterbacks have been taken, uh, taken, including Lamar Jackson. Mason Rudolph is the best player available for that position. Running back, we have Darius uh, Weiss of LSU. Uh, wide receiver, although Calvin Ridley was taken, we still do have Christian Kirk of Texas A&M, DJ Moore out of Maryland, and DJ Chark out of LSU. For tight end, your guys are available. Uh, Dan, they are here. Mike Jazicki out of Penn State and Dallas Godair from South Dakota State, they are both available. For the offensive linemen, nothing too special. We've got Colton Miller for tackle, Jamarco Jones. For the guards, we've got Austin Corbett and Brandon Smith. For center, though, you do have Billy Price. Now, here's where things get interesting for the defense. You have, uh, for the defensive line, Maurice Hurst from Michigan, Harrison Phillips from Stanford, it's himself from Virginia Tech. For defensive end, Sam Hubbard is still available. Here's where things get interesting, though. I was taking a look at this. Um, uh, if I, yeah, there we go. If I can get the page to load uh, before we started uh, this mock draft part. And Rashawn Evans is still available, wow. as is Malik Jefferson and Leighton Van Der Esch. And for the secondary, uh, for cornerbacks, you've got Isaiah Oliver, Mike Hudges. And for safety, you've got Ronnie Harrison and Justin Reed. So <laughs> let's talk wow. about it. Oh, and the, for the first pick. Uh, I know this is just a random mock. Uh, the Browns ended up actually going Baker Mayfield Number and uh, Bradley Chubb for their two picks. Mm, interesting. So, Very interesting. Um, let's talk about it. <laughs> I, I'll go first. First off, um, I really like this draft a lot because this shows the depth of it. Uh, I'm sure a lot of talented players got picked 1 through 26 in the simulation, but uh, – there's still a lot of talented guys left for the Saints to pick. So I, I, that's why I think that we, we need to stay put because we are – I mean, we could go Sam Hubbard. We could go either one of those two tight ends. I'd, I'd be totally satisfied with that. Uh, we could go uh, with – well, probably not Mason Rudolph in the first round. But <laughs> but the fact that a, a fairly talented quarterback is still there is, is par- fairly impressive. Darius Geis, obviously an LSU favorite, uh, is there. DJ yep. Chark as well, LSU wide receiver favorite. DJ Moore and uh, Christian Kirk. So the fact that only one wide receiver got taken uh, before that is is looking like a good sign, looking like good news. I'm still going uh, Sam Hubbard right now. Uh, although, who was that cornerback you said? Was it Isaiah? Um, uh, Isaiah Oliver. Isaiah Colorado. Oliver out of Colorado. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also like him a lot. Uh, same with Ronnie Harrison out of Alabama. I think that both of those guys are, are really good prospects for our secondary. Like Sean said at the beginning of the show, you know, we would love to address – uh, the secondary, even though it's already so talented and, and somewhat deep, we do need to support the cast a little bit more. So either mm-hmm. Ronnie Harrison or Isaiah Oliver there would be, I think, a good selection uh, in my eyes as well. But I, I'd still go Sam Hubbard. What are you thinking, Sean? Uh, I got to agree with you there. Uh, you're talking about either drafting for a starter or drafting for depth. And mm-hmm. to me, to spend a first-round draft pick on depth is a waste. Or, well, let me rephrase that. Maybe not so much a waste as a unnecessary reach. Uh, you're, uh, and I, I say that in reference to the uh, DBs that you were talking about. Um, it's been well documented. Uh, the Saints needing that, uh, as I as I alluded to earlier needing that bookend for Cam Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think 
if you stay at 27, you don't uh, you don't find that uh, that reason or need to trade up or down. Um, I, I I think that you nailed it. You got to go with uh, with Landry. I mean, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Hubbard. Hubbard, there uh, you go. <laughs> um, was Landry selected, Tyler? Before? I uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Let's see here. How early Harold did he go? Landry was selected by the Packers at 14. Ah, oh wow. That is yeah, he was really up there. Okay. Very nice. Okay. I wonder if they asked Aaron Rodgers if that was okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's got like Sorry. a bounce over everything these days. Sh- uh, shot over the bow. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I think that you, you have to go with an edge rusher there if you if you choose to stay in that pick, given uh, the players available. I, I think that you got to go with edge rusher and shoot for someone that could very easily fit into the starting lineup on opening day, rather than draft somebody that's more than likely going to have to sit behind uh, Crawley and um, mm, right. Lattimore. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And you know, now, just, now that being said, yep. the immediate future at this point for Kenny Vaccaro seems to be up in the air. Uh, y- you've got Marcus Williams, you've got Von Bell, you still need that th- that third safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, if, if you have someone there that you are convinced could fill that Kenny Vaccaro role for you, that that could be a, a thought process that you entertain. Not that I would, right. a, as mm-hmm. I say. I, I'm In that position, given the choices, given the situation, I, I'm going edge rusher all the way. Yeah, and, and I think... Mm-hmm. Here I you go, Dave. I was just gonna say with Kurt Coleman there too. I don't think he's gonna play out all three years of his contract. So getting a getting a young guy in the secondary right now, especially at safety, <clears throat> excuse me, is important for uh, the future of the team. Yeah, I'm not opposed to that either. Uh, I was just gonna I guess uh, give a little insight while we're picking him. You know, this year it's a little weird because you know the Saints uh, like are on two sides of a coin. You can make an argument for defensive end if Trey Hendrickson steps up in his second year. Okay, Muhammad steps up. Heck, uh, let's say even uh, Hauliki Kaha steps up and you have Alex Okafor uh, back to his uh, uh, season like he was last year, there could be an argument made that edge rusher isn't a need at the moment, or at least in the first round. But at the same time, if Alex Okafor, you know, maybe plays a bit sluggish, doesn't look like he's getting a lot of pressure, isn't isn't forcing, you know, quarterbacks to be looking his way, you know, they're, they're not timid from him, they're not scared you know, and Hendrickson doesn't make that impact, this is a good pick. And I agree. I think it's funny that you might as well just call the New Orleans Saints the Ohio State Saints, you know, from all the players we picked from Ohio State. But um, well, I, I if love, it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. 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 I love Rashawn Evans, but I think at this point, you know, like you said, uh, drafting for exact need over drafting for – a, a player that would just fill depth. Obviously, you want the team to be the best it can. And if he's not starting, what's the point of taking him in the first round? So, ready? Yeah. Let's do it, guys. A defensive end, Sam Halford from Ohio State, black and gold. Boom. Fantastic. Also, uh, Rashawn Evans, yes, would be also be a good selection right there. And Billy Price. Uh, he actually uh, went to the Steelers just after. Billy Price did, or? Uh, actually, he went to Rashawn the Jaguars. Evans. Oh, very nice. Uh, Evans and went Evans to, uh, went to the Steelers. Who, who did the Falcons take? Did they take uh, Tevon the Bryan? Uh, actually, I think they did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they did. This is usually who they, who they take in the, in the mocks. And that's honestly, who they I'm... took. Uh, that's who the, the Falcons chose in our 
uh, mock last yeah. night. With I've, I've, no, I've been noticing. I did I did some uh, simulations for the mock drafts I wrote for Huda Edition. It always seemed like Brian was going to the to the Falcons, which I'm not as high up on. So the Dirty Birds can totally have them. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. But um, no, I do think Billy Price again with the the Ohio State connection, the the New Orleans Buckeyes. I think yeah. uh, Billy Price would fit right in. We do need a, a sort of a guard center combo, and he comes from you know one of the best conferences in football. So. I wouldn't be opposed yeah, to that. Same conference as yeah. Ryan Ramchick, too. So, Yeah. But, man, talk about a first episode. Yeah. Man, uh, thank you so much uh, for coming on, Sean. Uh, pull away your social media. Pull away everything they can find you. Talk about your podcast. The floor is yours, bud. Uh, okay. You can follow <laughs> me at Drew's Dad 3721 on Twitter or at Under the, under the Dome PO1. Uh, I... Okay. Tweet jointly from both. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Under the Dome Podcast, uh, as well as on iTunes and YouTube. Uh, and that's pretty much me, man. Uh, thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you for being uh, on. I got to tell you, uh, you guys, I- I'm really proud of you and your hard work and uh, the quality of your work as well. Uh, you guys have turn this into a, a top-rate show, man. I'm very proud of you guys. Thank you, Sean. Really Thank appreciate you. it. Yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, big we, stuff coming for you, man. Yeah, we wouldn't have been able to do it, or really, no local Saints podcast would have been able to do it without your guys' uh, Under the Dome podcast. It's, you guys are kind yeah. of a trailblazing the way for us, so really <laughs> appreciate the kind of words, Sean. Thank you again so much for coming on today. Uh, we will be having three more episodes today recording. Yep. Uh, Jake White, We'll be on one of the episodes. Matthew McFatridge, uh, formerly of Who Dat Dish, now of Dog Pound Daily. He will be on the show as well. So will, obviously, uh, the favorites, the, the um, what's Mark it called right there? Yeah, Mark and Charlie. What's it like, uh, uh, like a recurring, the, yeah, our, our recurring yeah. guests, uh, Mark and Charlie, obviously St. Charlie and uh, Mark George yep. will be uh, Got new too. on an episode here as well today. So, um, Tyler, if you want to go ahead and do the uh, yep. sign off uh, for episode yeah, number one of the draft extravaganza. <laughs> our first episode of the draft show extravaganza we can't wait to put this out there for you guys to tune into this awesome content this awesome discussion that we have for your team for our team for the team that we love the new orleans saints of course so make sure you check that out of course uh you know support your team and support us uh here's where you can find us so the great man on the other side of the mic dayton brown you can follow him on twitter at dayton underscore brown underscore you can follow me on twitter at raymond tyler m you can follow our official Food at Dish podcast account at the WDD Podcast. Uh, we will be uh, posting throughout the day today, especially to keep you uh, in line, in tune, in check with uh, everyone that we, we will be having on the show. So keep in track with that. You can follow Food at Dish, the website that uh, us writers write for, D and I, and all those good guys, you know, Roy Anderson, and other, all those good guys on Facebook. Just search Food at Dish. But this podcast can be found. On YouTube, Wild Talk Radio, and iTunes, just search the Who That Dish podcast and you'll find us there. But thanks so much, guys. We appreciate it. Yeah, check out my mock drafts at whodatdish.com, and be sure to stay up to date with the publication as well for the draft. We will be having some opinion pieces out with whoever the Saints decide to select or or whatever they decide to do with their picks. Uh, so, yeah, be sure yep. to stay in tune. Our Twitter is going to be popping today. We're going to be tweeting out all episode links as well as some polls, questions for you guys. Uh, so be sure to hop on there, give us a follow, retweet, favorite, whatever you can do to show your support for us. We greatly appreciate it. 
Um, for Tyler Raymond, as always, I am Dayton Brown. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys very, very, very soon. And as always, who dat? Who dat?